1: If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. We continue our baseball series, and today we're going to bring you an episode of Dick Cole. Dick Cole was a juvenile adventure series, and the first evidence I have of the series airing was during World War II. Uh, it has been compared to jack armstrong all american boy though maybe even a bit more so dick cole is a student at far military academy and uh, this is one of his adventures uh, the program is entitled the big baseball game presenting dick cole and his thrilling adventures at far military academy
0: <music> Hear her each day with a hip hip hooray! It's a rule, there's no school life far. We we'll sing out our loyalty. We'll ring out with boys voices free. As we travel through life, we will follow our star. We'll always be near too far. Listen, boys and girls, today we bring you another exciting episode in the adventures of Dick Cole at Far Military Academy. You've known Dick Cole in Blue Bolt Magazine and in Foremost Comics for a long time. And now you meet him every week at this time over this same station on the air. In just a moment, you'll hear from Dick Cole himself. But first, here's a message you'll all want to hear. here's Dick Cole to tell you about today's story.
2: Hiya, gang. Our story today is on something you all like and know about. Baseball. In the most crucial game of the season, there was a very clever trick pull that almost worked. And if it had... Oh, but I'm getting way ahead of myself. Farr and Wilson Academy were tied for the league lead. And as our last game of the season was with Wilson, whoever won would win the championship. Naturally, we were bearing down pretty hard in practice. Ted Green was our pitcher. And one day, about five days before the Wilson game, Ted was pitching to me. He was doing his darndest to strike me out. And our coach and my roommate, Simba, who was cadet manager of the team, were standing near the dugout watching. Simba was laughing. <laughs> Oh Boy, look at that, Coach Dick and Ted are both bearing down hard Looks like Ted wants to strike him out And Dick doesn't want to be struck out (laughs) Nobody can strike Dick out, Coach I wouldn't say nobody, Simba, that's a big word But I will admit Dick has an uncanny batting eye He almost always connects with the ball Well, that's why he's hitting 367 so far this season, sir Boy, look at that Oh, boy, he, he really connected with that one Ah, the left fielder pulled it down Nice work, boys, nice work you know, Simba, Ted Green is a sweet pitcher. I'll say he is. Won 111 and lost only one. He's a cinch
3: to be named pitcher on the honorary league team. And I'll bet that Dick will be made first baseman on the honorary
2: team, too. I wouldn't be surprised. But the important thing at this point is to beat Wilson. We'll clean the living daylights out of them, coach. I hope so. That Wilson pitcher, Sandy Carlson's a clever boy. Ah,
3: uh, when Dick and Ted and the rest of our murderers' rows start pounding Carlson... He won't know what hit
2: him, Coach. <laughs> well, I hope you're right, Simba. Now, uh, excuse me for a minute, will you? Oh, sure. I have some news to give Nick and Ted. Cool and green, that's enough out there for now. Come over here a minute. Hello, Coach. You want this, sir? Ah, that was nice going out there, boys. Oh, thanks. Ted, I don't want you to strain that pitching arm between now and Saturday. Take it a little bit easy. Okay, sir. I want both of you to keep your batting eyes as sharp as you can. Have the scrub pitchers throw them in at you. Right, Coach. The best way to hit that Carlson, boys, to hit him good and hard. I'm going to concentrate on batting practice for the rest of the week. Well, that sounds good to me, Coach.
4: <laughs> oh, listen to Dick. He's the happiest guy I've ever seen when he's got that hickory or ash in his midst.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't do so badly yourself, pal. <laughs> boys, there's uh, something else I want to say to you. Oh, yes, sir. Have either of you ever thought about really playing baseball professionally, I mean? Well, no, sir. I... I sure never thought about it. Never occurred to me, either. Well, I believe that in time, with proper training, you're both major league material. In any event, I think you ought to know something. Dan Trimble, an old friend of mine, is coming to see the game on Saturday, and Dan is a big league scout. <laughs> That's fancy. Yeah, it sure is. I had a letter from him this morning. He told me that he's coming to watch you two and Carlson of Wilson Academy. So I just thought I'd tip you off, in case you're interested. Thanks a lot, Coach, but I'm going to college next fall. Yes, and I'm coming back here to far... But it's nice to know that a scout thinks enough of us to want to give us the once over anyway. Don't you think so, Ted? Oh, you bet. Uh, well, even if we aren't interested in playing professional baseball, we can certainly show him a hot game. If we can. We'll do that all right. You know, it it just came to me. I wonder if Sandy Carlson over at Wilson wants to play pro ball. Because if he does, he's really going to bear down on us Saturday to make a good showing. And that's no kidding.
3: Down I've been looking all over for you. What have you been doing?
5: Yeah, looking over some of these big league records ever since practice. Boy, how I'd love a crack at the real stuff. That's why I've been looking for you.
3: You shot out of the locker room so fast that the coach missed you. You know what? Hmm. Dan Trimble, a big league scout, is going to be at the game on Saturday. He is? Boy. Coach said to tell you Trimble wants to see you in action. That's one of
5: the reasons he's coming to the game. That's my break. Yeah, and it's too bad, isn't it? What do you mean, too bad? Are you nuts? I meant that it's This too- is just a break I've been waiting for. I'll pitch a game that Dan Trimble won't forget. And the far team won't forget it either.
3: That's what I'm trying to say, you jerk. I think it's a tough break and a hunk of lousy luck to have a scout come and see in just this particular game. I don't get you. Because of that far murderer's role, that's why. Dick Cole and Ted Green and Bill French and the rest of that far team have made every pitcher they've met all season look putrid.
5: Yeah, they are pretty heavy hitters from what the coach tells me. They've been warning me that I'm going to have my hands full.
3: You'll make a great impression on a big league scout, all right, when that far team knocks you clear out of the box. That'll be swell, won't it?
5: Well, then I got to make pretty darn sure they won't
3: knock me out. Look, Sandy, you're good, but you aren't that good. Just run your eye over the batting averages those birds have. I tell you, they're terrific. And even with the control you have over the horse eye, the
5: chances are they'll make a monkey out of you. I've gotta look good in that game, and it isn't winning the championship that I'm concerned about either impressing that big league
3: scout. How are you gonna do it? Wave a magic wand over the baseball so the far guys don't touch it?
5: You know, Donnie, you may have an idea there at that. What in the devil are you talking about? Maybe I ought to do a little magic wand waving. Maybe the baseball itself is the answer. Donnie, look, run over to the locker room and swipe me a half a dozen baseballs. I got some work to do. But, Sandy, what Do what I say. I gotta look like the world's greatest pitcher to that scout on Saturday and I don't care what I have to do or how I have to do it to get there. Now go on. Thing is, to get it set up again so that everybody will know the difference. You gotta be careful about all this. I gotta get this stuff put away. Who's there? It's me, Downey. Oh. oh. Oh, okay, Downey. I'll unlock the door.
3: Boy, you're sure keeping yourself locked up, Sandy. What? Come in up? and close
5: the door, you fool. Anybody who passes in the corridor can look right in.
3: Okay. Okay, okay, don't be so edgy. Now, what's all a mystery about it? What are you doing up so late, anyhow? I noticed your light was still on, so I thought I'd drop in. Don't be so nosy. It isn't healthy. You'd think you were turning out some secret stuff for atomic bombs or something the way you act. Hey,
5: hmm? what are all those baseballs
3: doing on? I- is that why you've been staying up so late?
5: If you say a word to anyone, Donnie, about what I've been doing here, so help me out...
3: How can I say anything to anybody when I don't know myself what you're doing? One more crack, Donnie. Oh, don't be so touchy. You know darn well I'm not going to go blabbing anything. I know that you're monkeying around in some way with these baseballs for the game against Far. And but keep
5: away from that baseball. For Pete's
3: sake, I'm not going to hurt it. I only picked it up to hold Put it, it down, I say. Oh, 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 right. Come you on. You don't have to get so tough, I'll put it down. Now... Oh, I'm sorry it had slipped. I dropped
5: it. All right, all right, let it go. Let's just forget the whole thing. You know, there was something awfully
3: funny about that baseball.
5: I Leave it where it is. Just let it stay there on the floor.
3: Okay, but I'd sure like to know what it is that was so funny. I won't say anything to anyone, Sandy. You don't have to worry. But I'd sure like to know what it is that's gone haywire with that horse hide.
5: <laughs> Never mind what it is, Donnie. But I will say you've done me a favor. Chopin' that ball has shown me one thing. I'm certainly on the right track. you more on? The ball was
3: acting peculiar while it was falling. And when it hit the floor, too. Come across, Sandy. What does it mean?
5: Well, it means, my friend, that the big league scout is going to think I'm the best pitching find to come along since Lefty Grove. And it means that Dick Cole, Ted Green, and company are going to get whitewashed on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, Donnie, it means they're going to ring up the biggest little goose egg you've ever seen.
0: We'll go back to the adventures of Dick Cole in just a moment. But right now, boys and girls, I have a message for you from the people who bring you this program. to the adventures of dick cole you'll remember that we left sandy carlson the wilson academy pitcher experimenting with some baseballs just a few days before the game was far sandy wanted to look good to the big league scout who was going to be at the game and whatever it was that he was doing to the baseballs didn't look too good for dick cole and the rest of the far team well the day of the game finally arrived dan trimble was in the crowded stands and at the last half of the sixth inning the score was tied nothing to nothing the far coach was talking to his boys on the bench he looked worried Boys, I don't like the
2: looks of this thing. I say I don't like the looks of this thing, boys. Well, don't worry about it. We'll get that.
4: Well, I hope you boys
6: better hurry it up. Ted, you're pitching a nice game, but it isn't airtight by any means. I know it, Coach.
4: Boys, save me half a dozen times. That line of use paired, Dick, the last inning was terrific. Paul was on its way out to right field for a sure double.
2: Can't you figure Carlson out, boys? What's he got that's bothering you? Well, it, it seems to me that he's got an awfully smart change of pace, Coach.
4: Yeah, that's right. Tosses curves and curves and more curves. And just when you think you're catching on to him...
2: He pulls a quick change of pace. From the bench here, it looks like a slow ball. No, sir, he isn't slow balling us exactly.
4: Uh, we're connecting with the ball, but so We never seem to be able to get it into the
2: outfield. There's been hardly a ball knocked out of the infield yet. The Fire Murderer's Row. <laughs> well, the ball seems
4: kind of dead when we do hit it. You know, I noticed that, too. Carlson slips his hand into his hip pocket. So I figured maybe he keeps a rosin bag there and he's dusting off his fingers or something.
2: Well, I don't know what it is exactly. But next time I'm up, I'm really going to keep my eye on the ball and on Carlson. Well, don't take too long to get the riddle figured out, boys.
6: If you do, Fire will lose this ball game. game between Far and Wilson Academies. And what a whale of a game it is. The score is still tied, nothing to nothing. It looks as though there might be a break any time now. The Wilson team's been hitting Ted Green, the Far pitcher, pretty freely in the past two innings. But he's been saved again and again by brilliant fielding. Up until now, though, the Far team hasn't been able to solve the tossing of Sandy Carlson. What a pitcher that Wilson boy's turning out to be. Two gone in the last half of the eighth, and Ted Green, the Far pitcher, is up. Ted has hit 350 this season. The park <boy>. <Jimmedina> esa- antipodic- oh, at Ed Corps is giving him a big hand. Let's listen to it. Hey! Carlson stands out there on the mound looking at him. He grins, tugs at his cap, winds up and throws, and it's a ball, ball one. He's walking Ted Green deliberately. How do you like that? Carlson is purposely pitching out to Green, walking him to get a dick cold. All two! What nerve that is! Cole, who's been beating the leg and batting, is next up. And Carlson is deliberately walking Green to get at him. All three! It's doubly dangerous for Wilson, because with a fast man on first, Cole could knock in a run. A run that would end this tie. All four! Green is trotting down to first, and Dick Cole is up at bat. The crowd's going wild. And here's a dramatic moment with Cole at bat. Sandy Carlson reaches into his hip pocket. That's been a characteristic gesture every time he's been in a tight spot in this game. His hand comes out, he winds up, throws. Strike one. Carlson burned one across the heart of the plate. Cole didn't take his bat off his shoulder. Stands there looking out at Carlson on the mound, staring at him. Carlson winds up again and... Strike two. crowd is quieted down now. You can't hear a sound. It's two strikes, no balls on Dick Cole. So far, Cole hasn't budged. Number one batter of the league is standing there, just like a statue, watching Sandy Carlson, the Wilson pitcher, staring and looking as hard as he can. Here's the wind-up, the pitch, and strike three. Cole is out. Carlson struck him out on three. Pitch balls. Cole didn't even take his bat off his shoulder. He didn't move. He didn't budge. Carlson struck him out. Well, that's three out. There goes Farr's big chance. Our team's going out on the field now for the first half of the night. Now, wait a minute. The team is clustering around Dick Cole. Our coach is hurrying
2: over from the bench. Seems to be some kind of a council of war going on down there on the field. Can't tell what it's all about from up here. Cole, Dick Cole, what's the idea? You trying to throw the game? You didn't even take the bat off your shoulder. Coach, I've got it. Oh, you've gotten us a game in the ash can, Dick. No, sir. I know it looked funny, my standing there and not even trying to hit. But I was trying to figure out that Indian sign that Carlson has on us. And I finally hit on it. What is it, Dick? You better be right, boy. You not only hurt your own batting average... My batting average isn't important. But winning this game is. Now, look, sir. If I'm right, and I'm dead sure that I am, the next time we're up, we can win this ball game by bunting. Bunting in the last half of the night? Yes, sir. If we bunt, we'll win this baseball game for sure. I know that we will. Well, we better had. It's our last chance. All right, boys. We'll try Cole's idea. Next time, everybody bunt. And if it doesn't work, the championship goes right out the window.
6: What a ball game this is. What a game. It's the last half of the ninth inning of the Parr-Wilson game. Parr has pulled a new strategy that is leaving Wilson helpless. The hitters have and they've loaded the bases. Imagine it, the first three men in a row have all laid down perfect bunts, one after another. You've never seen bunting like that. The ball is stopped practically dead each time. Carlson, the Wilson pitcher, looks like he's going up in smoke. He was awfully good for eight innings, but now that the heat's on, he seems to be folding up. Birdchild, the far left fielder, is up. Right-handed hitter. Carlson keeps putting his hand into his hip pocket over and over. The magic hasn't been working anymore. Fairchild to far up. Three men on. Carlson tugs at his cap. Nips his hand into his hip pocket again. Winds up slowly. He throws. And Fairchild bunts! A fourth man to bunt. The ball rolls halfway to the pitcher's box, practically stops right there. And there's the winning run crossing the plate. Farr wins the ball game one to nothing. This is Farr's game one to nothing. And one of the strangest baseball games ever seen. The bar stands are going crazy. Now they're on the field, the whole bar team is slapping Dick Cole on the back. They're pumping his hand, lifting him up to their shoulders. I don't quite get this, it's Fairchild who won it on the winning run, but it's Dick Cole who's the hero of the bar team down there, and the whole bar car is going
3: crazy.
4: Now, what was it that you said? I said to hurry up and finish your shower, you smart dope. <laughs> I did. And that's what you did. Yes, you did, without even knowing what I was talking about. And I could dress as fast as you can. Right? Well, what's the rush? The coach wants to see you in the dressing room right away. Dan Trimble, the big league scout, is with him.
2: Well, no, sir. No professional baseball for me.
4: I think that Trimble and the coach want to find out how you figured that the way to beat Carlson was to bunt him out of the box.
2: Oh. So that's it. That's it. As a matter
4: of fact, I'm kind of curious about the whole thing myself. Somehow you did some awfully fancy thinking somewhere along the line, Dick.
2: Oh, it was pretty simple, Ted. Maybe so. I'm dying
4: if I can figure it out. I'd like to know how you realized that the way to win the game was to bunt, and then bunt some more. <laughs>
2: You'd like to know, huh? Yeah, I'd like to know. <laughs> okay, then. Come along to the coach's office and find out. If you don't know already, you'll be about as surprised as I was when I discovered what Carlson was doing.
6: boys come in. Thank you, sir.
2: <laughs> I want you to meet Dan Trimble. Dan, this is Dick Cole and Ted Green, my stars. Hi, uh, Dick. How do you do, Dad? sir? Very
7: Glad to know you, Mr. Trimble.
2: Well, nice to meet you, boys.
7: You both played a whale of a game out there today. Well, thanks a lot. Your coach here tells me that you're both planning to go on with school, that you aren't interested in a professional baseball career, at least not for a while. Oh, say. yes, that's that's right, Mr. Trimble. Well, any time you boys change your minds, just let me know. We'll find a spot for him. Hey, that was a peach of a game you pitched out there today, Green. Well, thank you, sir. And as for you, Cole, you really used your head. Thank you. I'll admit that when you were up in the eighth inning and were called out on three pitched balls on three called strikes, I wondered for a few minutes whether you had lost your head completely.
2: Well, a lot of people wondered that, I guess. To tell you the truth, Mr. Trimble, I wasn't any too darn sure myself. A couple of times, I almost took a good, healthy cut at that ball. Uh, you don't mind my asking, Dick. Why didn't you? Yes, Dick, I'd like to know the answer to that myself. Ted here was on first, and if you'd managed to wrap out a decent hit, he might have scored, and you could have brought in the winning run right there. Well, I didn't swing on the ball because of what had happened the other time I was up. And because of what happened to the other fellows too. You undoubtedly noticed, Mr. Trimble, that even when one of us did connect... The ball didn't travel very far. Yes, that's very true. I noticed it when I was at the plate. The ball seemed to be awfully
4: dead when we hit it. I, I kept thinking that, that Carlson was putting some sort of special spin
2: on the ball, perhaps, when he threw it, you see? That's what I thought, too, Ted. Until I stood there in the eighth and kept my eye right on the ball, I saw that it wasn't spinning in any different or fancy way at all. And that's when I realized a couple of other things, too. I believe I'm beginning to see the light, Cole. It took me long enough, though. Well, I don't get it yet. Afraid I'm not as bright as you are, Dan. <laughs> Neither am I.
7: Now, this all has a tie-up with Carlson putting his pitching hand back into his hip pocket. Isn't that right, Cole?
2: Yes, sir. You've got the answer, all right. I noticed that every time Carlson got into a tight spot, he put his hand in his hip pocket. Now, at first, I thought maybe he was keeping some rosin there to dry his fingers. The tick. there's a rosin bag right in back of the pitcher's mouth. Exactly. That stuck in my head when I saw you using it during the first half of the eighth, Ted. Well, the thought occurred to me that maybe Carlson was pulling a dishonest stunt. But I had to be sure. So when I was at bat in the eighth, I watched him carefully. You'll remember he walked Ted purposely. Well, that was showing off, Dick. Yes, Carlson did that so he could make himself look good against you, Dick. He undoubtedly thought he'd make a better impression on Dan by making the league's leading hitter look silly. Well, I was sure that when I came up to the plate, Carlson put the ball he'd been using into his pocket. And that he took out another ball. One that he had treated in some way to deaden it. Oh, I see. After he struck me out, I saw Carlson carefully pocket the baseball he'd used against me and throw the good one down on the ground for Ted to use against Wilson. Then, when the game ended, in all the excitement, I grabbed the ball that Carlson was using again, the one that the boys were bunting, and that Fairchild bunted in the winning run with. Here it is, coach. Mm, well, let's see here. Well, <clears throat> look at that. Why, that
7: ball doesn't even bounce. Well, I'm going to cut it open here. All right, George, you are absolutely right, Cole. Look at that baseball. It's been tampered with. All the cork center has been removed, and all the rubber's gone.
4: No wonder we couldn't hit it anywhere. It was a dead baseball that Carlson was saving for emergencies.
7: Well, he certainly did a clever job of doctoring it, didn't he? A little too clever. If it hadn't been for Cole's sharp eyes and quick thinking, Carlson would have pitched an impressive winning game. As it was, the perfect thing to do was just what your boys did, Coach. There's nothing like turning a disadvantage to your own purposes. Mm. And bunting a dead ball was exactly
2: right. Uh, Mr. Trimble, one thing, when a fellow wants to win a ball game, quite often he'll do almost anything he can to win it. And I just hope that you, well, that you won't hold all this against Carlson. Because I think that he's pretty anxious to, well, to get into professional baseball. Well, now, Dick, there's one quality that we
7: want in organized baseball. A quality that counts as much as ability, and that is honesty. I hope that today's game will be a lesson for Carlson, because he is good. Yes, sir, he is. And if he ever does really learn the lesson that it's better to lose and be honest than it is to win by cheating, well, when he does
2: learn that lesson, I'll have a job waiting for him. Oh, that's great, Mr. Trimble. And you know, I I'm sure he has learned, because he came over and apologized to me right after the game. Well, that's good. And, Dick, if we do give him a job,
7: I'll send him back to you for lessons in real sportsmanship.
0: in just a moment. But first, Cole fans, be sure to join us again next week, same time, same station, for another exciting half hour with Dick Cole at Far Military Academy. Yes, plan to meet Dick Cole every week on the air and enjoy his thrilling radio adventures as you've enjoyed him and his life at Far in those favorite comic magazines, Blue Bolt and Foremost Comics. And now, here's Dick himself for a final word. So long, gang.
1: I'll be seeing you again next week. Remember, it's a date. Welcome back. I am trying to figure out the pitcher's uh, plot uh, because I was a little confused because essentially it seems like at some points the story is saying that the pitcher was using the dead ball all the time and then it sounds like he's only using it in uh, tough situations uh, which does lead to a problem with Dick Cole's plan. Because if, uh, he was only using it in tough situations, why would he be using it, uh, against the first batter coming up in the ninth inning? Unless that guy was an exceptionally good bunter with a normal ball, I'm not entirely sure. Though I guess the idea that it would be important, you know, particularly in a 0-0 ball game to get the first batter out, maybe he would have gone to it. Uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning. I also think he would have switched back to the normal ball once he had gotten a couple of guys on base. I mean, when you have two straight players bunt for base hits, it's a pretty good clue that they're onto your game and that you better come up with something else if you expect to win. So if you're looking for a secondary, uh, more cynical Lesson to take away from this program—it's the idea that if you're going to be dishonest, you should also not be stupid as well. Though some of the per- lack of precision uh, may—and uh, we have to keep in mind—it was you know written with uh, kids in mind—and I think the overall thrust of the episode is definitely good, both for kids' lives and for the sport to teach the. Uh, importance of honesty and good sportsmanship and fair play. Obviously, the way that it was done on today's episode probably wouldn't work with today's kids, and I'm not certain it worked uh, back even in the 1940s. But I at least have to respect the effort. All right, well, listener comments and feedback now, and uh, we have an email here from Barry. Uh, who writes i 've been thoroughly enjoying the two stories that you 've aired so far, and i 'm sure that I will enjoy the rest of them. Uh They've also brought back memories i 've always loved baseball movies, and i 've seen uh, the good ones many times i 've seen the uh, the Lou Gehrig movie, Proud of the Yankees, many times, and I enjoyed it each and every time i 've seen it i wasn 't sure i 'd enjoy hearing the radio adaptation, but I did very much. I'd never heard of the X-1 story, but I enjoyed it too. I was interested in your commentary after the story in which you mentioned Eddie Goodell and the circumstances which led uh, to him to sign a one-game contract with the Browns and to come up to bat that one time. Your mentioning of that game really b- brought back pleasant memories to mind. I was uh, at Sportsman's Park in St. Louis uh, that day and witness Goodell taking four straight pitches to gain a base on balls. I was at the game with my father and this particular occurrence is one of my most vivid memories of baseball when I was young and of my dad. As Bob Hopes, uh, would sing, thanks for the memories. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next 10 baseball stories. I admit I'm a sucker for baseball stories. Uh, thank you for playing them on your podcast, uh, Uh, Barry, uh, now a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Barry, thanks so much for the comment, and I'm so glad, uh, that my mention of that brought back that memory, because that's, you know, one of those really historic, uh, moments that fans, you know, have talked about for years and years. Uh, It's great, you know, uh, to witness those things, you know, by television. You know, I was watching when, you know, some great moments happened like, uh, you know, Joe Joe Carter's series ending Homer to win the 1993 uh, World Series. But to actually witness, uh, you know, something like that in person, you know, it's not a World Series, but that is, you know, one of those things that fans have been talking about for you know, six decades after the event. Now, I did want to clarify regarding our schedule. Uh, We actually are only going to have one more episode uh, after uh, this week's program in our baseball series as we get started on the summer series voted in by the uh, Patreon supporters. However, we did actually play one more uh, episode prior to Pride of the Yankees uh, so if you do check the archives of the show at amazing.greatdetectives.net, uh, you can take a listen to the Alibi Ike episode. Well, that will actually do it for uh, this week. Join us back here next week for the finale of our baseball series, uh, and uh, then uh, coming in two weeks, we'll be getting into Top Secret uh, our summer series, so be sure and listen for that as well. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at net From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.